Father, we thank you so much for all you've already done for us. And we present ourselves before you, excuse me, today. And we agree together asking you for the anointing, for the utterance, for the moving and manifesting of your Holy Spirit, your Holy Presence, your Holy Angels. Let there be wonderful things done according to your will and your desire and to your glory now and following this and in the days to come. Help me to speak as the oracles of God. Speak through me, beyond me. And help us all to see it and hear it and know how, know how to put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. You can be seated and turn, please, to Isaiah, the first chapter. Thanks again for those that uh, prayed, to those that prayed for us concerning the conference. And it's uh, every time we go out anywhere, any church or any conference, um, always seek the Lord to see what to say and what to do. And it's so good when you get it from Him. Because until you do, you just don't have it. And it's not, it's not okay to just preach on anything. You need to hear from Him. Get the Word for that group, for that time. And uh, a man cannot produce that. You cannot work that up yourself. If you don't get it from Him, you don't have it. Uh, but when He gives it to you, and He has... Uh, I've been ministering now for... Uh, what, 30-some years, and and not one time has he failed to give me what I needed. Every time he gives me uh, what we need. And he's the same with every one of us in every area. Do you call him faithful? He is faithful. Isaiah 1 and 2, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2, said, Hear, O heavens, and give ear. O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know him. My people does not consider. Don't know who their God is. Don't know who their creator is. Don't know who's over them. Uh, the new birth involves confession that Jesus is my Lord. If he is my Lord, then that means you're not my Lord, and it means I'm not my Lord. And even though that should, that should be obvious with many Christians, they are believers, and they hold Jesus as their Savior. But that's not the same as him being your Lord. If he's your Lord, then you submit yourself in your life to him. You do what he says, not what you say. And uh, he talked about becoming his disciple and following him. And we want to be more than believers. We want to be disciples. Amen. We want the Lord to be Yes, our Savior, yes, our Redeemer, but also our Lord and our Master. Why don't you just say it out loud? Jesus, 
Jesus, you are my Savior, you are my, Savior my, Redeemer, my Redeemer, but I submit to you, I submit to you as, my Lord, as my Lord and my Master. And my master. The language of Lord and Master doesn't sit well with our generation, and it, it really never has with worldly folks. But we're not worldly folks. We're his. And to us, it doesn't demean us to submit ourselves to his lordship. It's our salvation. It's the only way we enjoy the best life. Hmm? Come on, say it out loud again. I am not my own Lord. I am not my own master. I have a master. Jesus is my Lord and Master. He runs my life. <laughs> does he? Does he? With many people, he does not. When it comes down to making decisions, they run their own life. But if they do, it's not going to go well. In... Uh, Isaiah, keep reading down to verse 19. Isaiah 1.19. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The NIV says you'll eat the best from the land. The easy to read says you'll get the good things from this land. The Living Bible says I'll make you rich. The good stuff. The nice things. Who are those for? Just unbelievers? Who are they for? The good things. But if you're not willing and not obedient, you disqualify yourself from it. Somebody says, well, now, now you're talking about works, Brother Keith. No, no, I'm not. It's a matter of faith. And if you... Uh, if your heart is not right, your faith won't work. Yes, it's all been bought and paid for and provided by grace, but you'll enjoy nothing grace has provided except by your faith to receive it. Y'all with me, friends? Grace is God's part, not our part. Faith is our part. We don't need to work on getting God to be gracious. He is. We don't need to work on him to give us things. He already has. Right? He's done it. What we need to work on is faith to receive. And faith is of the heart. And what kind of heart you have affects your faith. A willing heart, an obedient heart, is a heart that's conducive to faith. A stubborn heart... An unwilling heart is going to hinder your faith. In uh, uh, Skip over to the New Testament, Ephesians 6 and 1. Ephesians 6 and 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Should children obey their parents? Hmm? Now, somebody might say, well, you know, I'm 50 years old and, and my mother's still telling me what to do. You're not a child. Children, (laughs) 
You're supposed to, little ones are to obey their parents. Adults are to honor their parents. Not necessarily obey everything that mom or dad says to an adult. And wise parents are not going to try to run their children's adult lives. Do I need to camp on that some more? (laughs) You do things right, and they will want your input. Hmm? And, And ask for it. Ask for your wisdom. And when somebody wants it and asks for it, now you can give it to them. And it means something. But, you know, whether it's parents and children whether it's pastors, which are spiritual parents, and spiritual children, parents, we should wean people off of us onto the Holy Spirit as soon as possible. Everybody listen to that. Wean people off of you. Now, little small children, their parents are making their decisions for them completely. Aren't they? But as soon as they get old enough to have some understanding, you need to teach them to check inside. Right? And hear from him. Because soon and very soon, they're going to need to be doing it on their own. You're not going to always be there. Right? Did you hear that phrase? Wean them off of you onto the Holy Spirit as soon as possible. I know uh, my parents weren't going to church at, at the time, but they had grown up in church. And uh, I know my, my dad and my mom uh, uh, did that with, with us as little boys. I mean, we get a little bit of money and you want to buy something. And I remember one time I wanted to buy this little piece of junk, little nothing. My dad knew it'd be broke uh, an hour after I got it and it'd be a total waste of money. But uh, it's my money. And so instead of telling me, no, you can't do that, he said, now, are you sure that's what you want? Hmm? Don't, I don't know how long it's going to last for you. I don't know this or that, you know. And uh, <coughs> this one time I wanted this little motorcycle so bad. And it was a piece of junk. It was used. It was wore out. It was cheap. And my dad said, no, I, I don't think you should get that. But... Uh, he, you know, by this time I'm, you know, in my early teens. And uh, so uh, he said, if that's what you want, you got to let people make some mistakes. So he did. That little toy I bought that, it was broke before I got back home. <laughs> Just like throwing my money away. That little motorcycle we finally got, that, and that was years later. Uh, I rode it for a few weeks and it broke and it sat in the garage for the next two years. I didn't have the money to fix it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> if, see, if I had some wisdom, I would have listened to his wisdom. Right? But it's cheaper to learn on this toy than it is to make big mistakes as an older individual. Can you see this? As an older individual. And that's in none of my notes here. But... Uh, <laughs> Wean them off of you onto the Holy Spirit. Just because you know the answer 
And even though you think you know what they should do, doesn't mean you should always tell them. Hmm? What should I do? There are times that the Lord will deal with you. Don't tell them. Check your heart. What, what do you have? Well, I, I don't. We well, go pray. Go pray and seek God. Right? Check your heart. What do you have? <laughs> Verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is just and right. I'm reading the Amplified. Honor, esteem, and value as precious your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that all may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Is this New Testament? People say, well, that's, uh, that's works. No, it's not works. It's honor. It's obedience. It's heart. It's tied, it's inseparable, I should say, from faith. Remember James talks about faith without works. Our action is dead. It's not works to be saved. It's action that stems from your faith. Hmm? We're not depending on our works to be saved or to be righteous. But if you believe something, there's going to be an outflow of what you believe. Action, works. That's the fruit of what you believe. Now, uh, go with me to John, please. 14th chapter. John 14. Y'all believing with me this morning? John 14 and 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's not a way. He's not one way. Hmm? If you're a Christian, you, you cannot accept other religions. Hmm? People say, well, we should be respectful of other people's beliefs. Actually, no. Hmm. Well, that was politically incorrect. Wasn't it? <laughs> as one who believes in God and believes in the Bible, as a Christian, I can have no other gods before me. Are you listening? And if I am a Christian and Jesus is my Lord and my Lord tells me there is no salvation in any other name than His and that no one can come to the Father except by Him, am I going to throw that away and be inclusive? Now, you don't have to be mean. You don't have to be judgmental. You don't have to try to demand that somebody believes what you believe. But no, if I go to another country where they, Phyllis and I were talking about this the other day, and they worship other gods, I'm not going to join them. If they want to do a little ceremony before I go to my hotel room, I'm not going to do that. No, because you know what's associated with false religions and false gods? Demon spirits. 
when they're experiencing spiritual activity, it's real. And it ain't God. And they may not know better, but I do. Hmm? I got one Lord. Jesus. Right? And no, it is not a good thing to be respectful. Now, you don't have to go out of your way to insult people. I don't mean that. But no, you should not show reverence and respect for false religions and false gods. No. No. Why? It's insulting to your God. And it grieves Him, the only one true living God. Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but my, by me. Do you believe this or not? Yes. In being willing and obedient and being submissive to the Lordship of Jesus, this is being submissive to the truth and obeying the truth. Jesus is the truth. The Holy Spirit, just, uh, uh, well, in a few verses down in the 17th verse, what does he call him? Even the Spirit of what? Truth. Spirit of truth. John 16, 13, the Spirit of truth. When he comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. Everybody say truth. First John 5, 6. Don't turn there. Just look on the screen. First John 5, 6. The Spirit, it said, it is the Spirit that bears witness because the Spirit is truth. The gospel is called the word of truth. The Spirit is the Spirit of truth. Jesus is the truth. We, if we're going to be respectful of the Lord, we must be respectful of truth. Truth. We, we should not deal loosely with the truth. Nothing's funny about deception. Nothing's okay about any kind of falseness or phoniness or lying. It is as ungodly as it gets. If you're, if you're a real Christian and you walk with Him, you'll be honest. No two ways about it. The more like Him you become, the more honest you become. The, the more deceptive or phony a person is, the more devil-like they are. He is a liar and the father of it. But the truth is not always complimentary. <laughs> Y'all going to help me with this or not? The truth... <laughs> is not, is often not what your flesh wants to hear. The truth is often what not what your unrenewed mind 
wants to hear. And the truth can be very, very inconvenient (laughs) to your plans, your lifestyle. (laughs) But if Jesus is your Lord and you're willing unto Him and obedient to Him, it means you are submissive to the truth and obedient to the truth. And, and you must get it a, a, a pillar, a foundation in your being that I love the truth more than I love what I want. I love the truth more than anything or anybody. Somebody said, I thought you're supposed to love the Lord. That's saying the same thing. He is the truth. Or are you, are you with me, saints? Uh, go to John 3. John 3, please. Receiving the gospel and believing the gospel is called obeying the truth. In Romans and Galatians and other places, obedience of faith, obedience to the truth. Look it up if you want to. Multiple times these phrases are used in the New Testament. Obedience to the truth. In John 3, you're familiar with this. John 3, 16. God so loved the world, gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Skip down to verse 18. He that believes on Him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Are you all right? Is anybody all right? Is any group all right not believing in Jesus? If they say, I believe in God, but I don't accept Jesus as the Messiah. I don't know of any exceptions to this. Verse 19. And this is the condemnation. This is why you'd be condemned and judged. That light which is another word for truth, is come into the world and men loved what? Darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Verse 20, for everyone that does evil, does they what? Hate the light or the word or the truth or Jesus. You can't love Jesus and hate the truth. Have you ever read the 119th Psalm? The, the longest, largest Psalm? We're about to get there for too long, right, in our yeah. daily reading. Yeah. Well, I think, we get, I think it's broken up on the, the reading thing, too, because it's, it's quite large. But anybody know what it's about? What's Psalm 119 about? It's about the, uh, the Spirit of God through the psalmist expressing his love for the Word. His respect and reverence for the Word. Now what they had was the law. And a lot of the prophets hadn't even come yet at that time. But they they had the law. That was their Word. But he talked about how much he loved the Word. And loving the Word is inseparable from loving God. If, If you don't have much respect for His Word, we know you don't have much love for God. 
It's just a fact. People they like to think differently from that, but it's not so. If you don't like this book, you don't like him. This is him. If you don't like good preaching and teaching, huh? If it's really the word, then it shows you you don't care as much about God as you thought you did. Well, we're moving on now, aren't we? <laughs> not, all, not all preaching and teaching is good preaching and teaching. Not all preaching and teaching is truth. Not all preaching and teaching is the word. But if it's the word and you love God, you like it. Right? You're big. If you're big on God, you're big on the word. Inseparable. You never have any time for the word? Help me out. You don't have time for God. He that does the truth, verse 21, he comes to the light. That his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. Romans 1 uh, look there in verse 17. They put it on the screen for us. Romans 1.17. Talks about in uh, verse 16. Says I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God to salvation. To everyone that believes. Jew first and also to the Greek. The gospel is the, the good news of the truth. We use that term. Gospel truth. Truth. Verse 17 The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel truth from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. What do they do with the truth? Unrighteousness is a King James word for unright, not right. They hold the truth as not right. There's there's some folks working right now to try to pass laws that make it illegal for us to preach certain passages of the New Testament. To deem it as hate speech. It's already that way in some other countries. Pray against this. Speak against it. Why? Because these folks do not love the truth. They love their opinion. They love the idea that they are enlightened beyond us. And so they disregard this. And they cast it aside. They hold the truth as not right. Now, what a thing for God to say something and you take it and go, that ain't right. Millions are doing this. Look at the next verse. Because, well, let me see, did I read the wrong? Uh, skip down to verse 25 for time's sake. If you read, the, if you read this, this actually is one of the passages they won't outlaw. This chapter. <laughs> I'm keeping Romans 1. I'm keeping Romans 1 and 2 and 3. Huh? (laughs) If I had to go to jail, then that's it. (laughs) Might see you there, huh? (laughs) 
We can have a revival in jail. And God can keep us out of there too. Verse 25, what did they do? They changed the truth of God into what? Into a lie. Now, we might like to think, well, man, people that are in darkness and and deceived, it's just because they don't know the truth. They're just ignorant of the truth. And man, if they saw the truth and heard the truth, it would fix everything for them and they'd be excited. Wrong. Wrong. Millions who are in darkness and deception have heard the truth. And they didn't like it. And they didn't want it. And they rejected it. And they said, no, that's not right. That's not right. What I believe is right. Where'd you get what you believe? Well, they made it up themselves. If we're going to be willing and obedient, we must be willing and obedient to our master, Jesus. He is the word. He is the truth. And so when truth comes to us, No matter how it rearranges our life, no matter how it upends our theology, when the truth comes, what are we to do? We are to bow our knee and say, truth, Lord. Hmm? If I'm I'm not in agreement with this, I got to change. I got to change. Because the truth is the truth. Truth is right. Anything in my life contrary to it is wrong. See, they didn't do that. They said the truth is wrong. They they call the truth a lie. They said the truth is not right. Millions of people are doing this on the planet. Somebody say, by the grace of God, not me. By the grace of God, not me. I'm going to love the truth. I'm going to submit to the truth. See, it begins with a willingness. If you be... Willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. It begins by just being willing. You ought to to pray this prayer out loud right now. Say, Lord, Lord, I am willing willing to see the truth, to to hear the truth, to to know the truth. truth. No matter how how it corrects me me, or rebukes me or instructs me. I want to know it. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I'm willing to receive your truth. Glory to God. You know, some of the things that would make you the maddest, that would rub you the wrong way, if you had the humility and faith to receive it, would deliver you the quickest. And cause you to come up and grow up the quickest. If you had the humility and the faith to say, truth, Lord, I've been wrong. I've thought wrong. Hmm? I thought this, but your word says this. So your word is right. Your word is right. And I don't care who contradicts it, what denomination, what religion, what group, what preacher, what church. If they're contrary to that, they're wrong. Somebody said, well, two billion people can't be wrong. Oh, yes, they can. Oh, yes, they can. Yes, they can. 
If the blind lead to blood. <laughs> right? You need, know, you need to know who you're following. If the blind lead to blind, everybody winds up muddy. Is that right? And not okay. Look in, uh, can you take a little bit more? Look in 2 Thessalonians. I have just a little bit more for you. Second Thessalonians and the second chapter. Now we're when we're talking about the truth, we're talking we're not just talking about scriptures. They are the truth, the ultimate truth. But we're talking about truth all through your life. You you must hate a lie and deception if you're going to be a person of faith. And walk close to him. Anybody remember Mark eleven twenty three? Hmm? Who, whoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea. Put it put up on the screen. Oh, thank you. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall what? Believe. Believe what? Believe what? Those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. What did he say you have to believe for this to work? It didn't say here, believe the Bible. Of course you need to believe the Bible. What did it say? What's talking about this? What, what do you have to believe? You've got to believe what you say. Well, what if you know you don't always tell the truth? Hmm? Then you're going to struggle. Believe in what you say because you know a lot of what you say is not true. It's one of the most powerful tools at your disposal and my disposal. Uh, That'd be hard to find one person in here that's never told a lie. It'd be very, very, probably just ain't going to happen. But it doesn't change the fact of how evil a lie is and how contrary to God it is. And if you struggle with habits or addictions or anything that's been a problem in your life, one of the most powerful things you have is your word. I said your word. I know uh, that's one thing uh, my, my dad did for me. He's in heaven now. He wasn't even going to church at the time. But he, uh, he believed that your word was your bond. And that you are no better than your word. If your word's no good, you're not a good person. He, he believed that very, very strongly. And he would put up with a whole lot of things out of me and my brother, but don't lie to him. Don't lie to him. And there was one particular episode that I lied to him. And I mean, you'd have thought I'd committed the unpardonable sin. I mean, he didn't even talk to me for days. Because I'm old enough now to be acting like a man. I was 16 years old. And uh, 
what I had done. You want me to just tell you? <laughs> I don't have to tell you all this stuff. <laughs> he gave me his Mustang. Have you seen it? 1970 Mustang. Have you seen the ones, the yellow ones with the black stripes? That was his car. And he gave it to me. Man. I thought I had something. And not long after I had it, I came in and had been drinking some beers. See, I told you I didn't have to tell you all this. <laughs> and he smelled it on me. And he said, uh, you, can't, you can't go out and drive and, and drink. And uh, so then a couple of days later, he said, if you'll give me your word that you won't drink and drive like that, I'll let you continue. So I gave him my word. <laughs> Y'all are laughing already. Y'all are smiling. <clears throat> Couple weeks later, guess what? I was out around the guys and they were doing what they were doing and I wasn't going to be the odd man out. And I drank a couple of beers and came in and of course he smelled it on me. But it wasn't about the beers. I gave him my word. And I broke my word. Oh, man. I, I was 16 years old. But uh, I cried like a baby. At the disconnect I felt between me and him. He didn't tell me he was disappointed in me. He didn't say a bunch of stuff. He didn't talk to me for two or three days. And I'm so glad he didn't treat it like it was no big deal. Because with the, whether he meant to or not, he's revealing something to me about my Father God. It is impossible for God to lie. He has never lied. One thing you can count on, he will, if you hear something from him, it is total truth. There is no deception in it. And if you're going to walk with him and be, be like him, you have to despise every lie, every bit of falseness. And you've got to make up your mind. I'm going to tell the truth. If it costs me my job, if it costs me money, come on, are you with me? If it costs me somebody's friendship, I'm going to tell the truth. Because unless you do that, your heart's going to condemn you. You're going to have difficulty believing what you say because you know part of what you say is not true. Come on, can you see this? You're going to struggle with being a person of faith and living and operating by faith. Because if you're going to have faith when you say something, you've got to believe it completely. Hallelujah. And the only way for that to work, you can't do it part of the time and part of the time lie. It just doesn't work. You got to be a truth teller every day in every way. You got two choices. Tell the truth 
or don't talk. <laughs> but, you know, lying is not an option. It's not an option if you're going to be a godly person. You submit to the truth. You're obedient to the truth. Somebody say, I love the truth. I love the truth and I hate a lie. I despise deception. See, do you understand this is what the devil's trying to do to you every day of your life is lie to you and trick you and deceive you? Do you want to yield to him and let him manifest through you to try to lie and deceive somebody else? No. Don't let the devil use your mouth. Don't let him use your influence. It's one of the most evil things on the planet that you use somebody's love for you and trust in you to deceive them. That's one of the most devilish things there is. In Second Second uh, Thessalonians, chapter two, it talks about Satan, who's coming, the Antichrist, after the working of Satan with all power and signs and what kind of wonders? Second Thessalonians two nine, lying wonders. Verse ten, with all what? deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they what? They what? Didn't you say they didn't receive the truth? They didn't receive what? The love of the truth that they might be saved. It is very dangerous to reject truth. Look what happened next. For this cause, God shall send them what? Strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned that believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we're bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. How? Through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. What did Jesus say? You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Why did I say it's dangerous? Me, you, whoever it is. When you see something and you know it's true, if you don't like it and you don't want it to be true, you're not willing to change. And every one of us have been there. If you reject the truth and you don't want it, What else is there to believe? (laughs) If you reject the truth, there's nothing else to believe. But lies and just the act of saying, whether you said it or not, you know it's true, but you don't like it and you don't want to hear it and you don't want to do it. And you push it away from you. That act of pushing away from you is an invitation to the liar to come and deceive you. Because you said, I don't want the truth. He says, well, I got something for you. I got something for you. Now, do you know what being deceived is? Being deceived is a nightmare. Can anybody give me a definition of being deceived? Being deceived is you believe something is true and it is not. If you're... If you've got a problem in your life and you believe the cause of the problem is this, 
but it's, that's not true. It's a lie. Then you keep working on making this happen, and it's never going to fix it because that's not the cause. You are deceived. And it is so frustrating. You can go year after year after year. You can go decade after decade and it doesn't change. And it just stays the same. And it gets worse and worse and worse. But you're working on the wrong thing. Oh, the truth. Somebody say the truth. What will the truth do for you? The truth will spank you. The truth will rebuke you, chastise you, teach you. Come on, are you with me? Oh, but when it gets through, you will be free and healed and helped and prosperous. Oh, come on, do you believe it? Do you believe? Come on, say, I want the truth. I want the truth. I want the truth. Let it rebuke me. Let it instruct me. Hallelujah. I want the truth. Somebody say, I love the truth. See, they, they wouldn't receive the love of the truth. But we have. I said we have. And we do. Go to 2 Timothy in closing, I think. This is a prayer you can pray for your loved ones, for your friends, for yourself. In the darkest of situations. God is a good God. He is not hiding the truth from us. He is not making it hard for us to find the answer. But what has happened so many times is he's already shown us. He showed us sometimes long ago. But we didn't want that. We didn't like that. And the moment you push it away, you're in trouble. Friend, it's dangerous to reject light. Truth. Once we see something, what should you do? Receive it immediately. Repent immediately. Put it into practice immediately. That keeps you safe. Safe. Safe from deception and confusion and darkness. Destruction. In the, what did I tell you, 2 Timothy? 2 Timothy, 2nd chapter, verse 23, toward the end of the chapter. 2 Timothy 2.23, foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. Did you know there's a lot of stuff not worth talking about? And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle. If people want to argue and fuss and fight, do not join them. Just don't. The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all, apt to teach, patient. In meekness, instructing those that do what? Oppose themselves how do you oppose yourself you oppose yourself by opposing the truth 
Y'all with me, friends? By opposing the truth, you oppose yourself. Um, James said, lie not against the truth. Let me read some other scriptures to you. Right here in 2 Timothy 3, just over a few verses. He said, 2 Timothy 3, 7, there are individuals who are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. How can that be? They keep learning and learning and learning, but don't come to the knowledge of the truth. Never get free. Verse 8, now as Jannes and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Oh, they want to learn. They want to know about the supernatural. They want to know about the power of God. They want to know about the glory of God. And he says, if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah. I want to talk about the glory. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? They have certain things of truth they want to talk about, but when the Lord gives them a truth for them, ignore it, and that will prevent you from coming to the knowledge of the truth. Because what you're doing is you're saying, I want it with this hand, and you're pushing it away with this hand. I want the truth, but I don't want that. Well, is it truth or not? (laughs) The Lord will give us the truth we need for the time. And oftentimes, it's not kind. The truth is not kind to your fragile pride. But that pride needs to be shattered. It needs to be knocked down. Hmm? And if we're out of line with the truth, it's time to humble ourselves. And admit it. And repent. And change. And man, the, the, the stronger your word is a word of integrity, like I was saying before... It can help you to overcome any addiction, any trial. I I had some habits, Uh, not heroin, (laughs) but some habits before I ever went into the ministry. And uh, uh, just diet things and some other things that wasn't the best. And and, uh, one of the things, I, I used some tobacco. And uh, they didn't want you using tobacco at uh, Bible school. <laughs> and uh, but I thought, well, you know, the Bible didn't say anything about not using tobacco. <laughs> and uh, can you love God and and smoke? Sure, sure you can. So what we're talking about? Can you love God and drink? We were talking the other night laughing about a guy. He was a rock star. And he got saved. And he used to, uh, after a concert, he used to smoke dope and get high while he read the Bible. <laughs> he didn't see anything wrong with it. He'd never been in church. But after walking with the Lord for a little while, he quit doing that. He got enlightened to the truth. Come on, can you see what I'm talking about? And... I begin to, you know, are you going to be combative about this? Or are you going to make a change? Well, my flesh liked that, was used to it. What am I going to do? And I found when I went to just not do it, it wasn't as easy. 
as I had maybe thought. And the Lord dealt with me. Put your word on it. Put your word on it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And a lot of times, if, if you're not confident, say, I'm not going to do this for the next three months. Come on, you are with me. Don't just say, I'm not going to do something forever, and you're not settled about it. If the Lord tells you to say that, then you say it. But otherwise, you can extend it later. But if you're not a liar, and you say, I'm not doing this again for the next 90 days, then you're there. No matter what happens, if you're not a liar, if you love the truth... Your word will hold you. That's how God upholds everything. Right? By his word. When he says it, that's it. (laughs) I'm not watching any of this for the next six months, next 12 months, whatever it might be. I'm not doing this. If your word is a word of integrity, then that's it. You have what you need. But if you don't mind lying, if you don't mind breaking your word, you got bigger problems than that. It'll be very hard for you to live by faith. It'll be very difficult for you to receive because you have to believe what you say. Come on, can you see this, friends? I believe breakthroughs are happening in the church this morning. Do you? I believe it is. Thank you, Lord. Let's finish reading this. Second Timothy uh, two twenty-five in meekness. So let's go back to Second Timothy two twenty-five in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them what repentance to what no. to the acknowledging of the truth. Keep reading that they may recover themselves. Out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. 2 Corinthians 4 says the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the glorious light of the gospel, which is the truth, should shine unto them. Billions of people. I mean, it's a nightmare. Billions of people on this planet believe lies. They believe the lie is true. They're, they're praying to rocks and stars and, and spinning wheels. And Did you, you hear what I'm saying? They believe that's doing some good. They believe this is, this is true. Or that they're, they believe the lie there is no God. There's nobody out there. There's nothing. It's a lie. And so it deprives them of their joy, of any hope. They live in constant dread and fear of dying because there's nothing after that. And if you live in the fear of that, then you're in fear of wasting a day or an hour or you're in fear of not getting what I want in my little brief time that I'm here. Anyway, it messes your life up going and coming. And so they're in bondage. In bondage. How do you get free? Help me out. You'll know the truth, but can you see this? That's exactly what he's talking about. This is how you pray for your loved ones, family members. 
that are in darkness, that are in bondage. How you pray for yourself. What, do the, what needs to happen? They need to repent and acknowledge the truth. Hmm? Many of them have heard it, but they didn't like it. They didn't want it. But then they've been bound now for all these years. In order to get free, you need to humble yourself and say, no, that's true. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't like it. But it's true. And I'm acknowledging it. And I'm receiving it. And I'm going to respond to it. And adapt to it. And when you do, chains are already falling off. Come on, are you listening? Acknowledging the truth. What's going to happen? Read the next verse. That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy. When you see people struggling in darkness, struggling in bondage, that's how you pray for them. Lord, give them repentance, please. Grant them repentance. Pray this over your your family members. Pray this over your your kids, your grandkids, your, your friends, your neighbors. Lord, grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the enemy. I don't care where they are, how bad it's been, how long it's been. If they'll look up from the worst bondage there is on earth and say, forgive me, Lord, I do believe the truth. I receive the truth. Deliverance comes swiftly. Hallelujah. Recovery comes and the shackles fall off. And the truth makes them free. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. And I love the truth. Stand on your feet.